Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. But come on, we're going to get into the Word, and we're going to study uh, this idea. We've been in a series called Matters of the Heart, and the heart behind this whole series has been to really do look at our values as a church. And, and uh, in the first 10 weeks of our church, we looked at our values together. And what I wanted to do to, uh, in this series was maybe take it a little, down a little bit farther, maybe not talk about uh, the idea of the church, but more talk about you and your walk with God and this value that we have as a church. You, we can talk all day about our vision and all day about our mission and all day about all the things that we want to do, but I think it's more important that we know who we are and that, that flows out of who we are. And so we're going to be talking about this idea today of our value of uh, forgiveness. And um, I added this uh, value to our value list of values many years ago before we even started the church because it was something that's very, very, very personal to me. And in my personal experience and my personal um, understanding of forgiveness is that th- there is something supernatural about forgiveness. There is uh, the, the idea of forgiveness can either have a very negative impact or a very positive impact on your life. And there's something supernatural. There, there's a freedom that comes in forgiveness. There's an abundant life that comes in forgiveness. There is something that, that, that is supernatural. I, I believe, honestly, with all my heart, that this is one of the most powerful, powerful things that we can do as followers of Jesus Christ. And I also believe that many followers of Jesus Christ are stuck at the hill of unforgiveness in their life. And it's causing them to not be able to move forward in their walk with God, in their journey with God. And so I believe today is going to be a message that will set you free in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're here today and you're struggling with unforgiveness or resentment, please don't bail out and leave. Oh, I don't want to be here. This is the day for you because there's an abundant life God has for you. There's freedom that God has for you. There's joy in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit that he has for you. There's life change that he has for you. There's transformation that he has for you. And I believe today as we study God's word, you're going to get a biblical understanding of our responsibility of forgiveness, but there's going to be freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, I believe that uh, this, this forgiveness brings spiritual freedom. And without doubt, unforgiveness and dealing with the hurts of others um, is one of the biggest issues of the human heart. This is truly an issue of the heart, but our value is that we choose to forgive. Choosing to forgive others is truly a matter of our heart. And it's, been, it's got the greatest potential in forgiveness to cause the most harmful roots in, our, in the areas of our heart. It, deep, it roots down into our heart and almost every issue that we face in our life stems from resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, and pain that have come from the trauma of someone in our life. And, you know, truly our, our soul has been wounded by this trauma. And so our lives are lived out. Uh, we express through our bodies and through our lives the, the realities of this trauma that we face by whatever it might be, big or small. And as we continue today, I want you to know that I have in no way, shape, or form want to minimize what you've gone through, nor do I want to pretend like I've been in your shoes because I haven't been in your shoes. But I know that I've been in my shoes and I know that I've experienced tremendous unforgiveness in my life. And when I saw breakthrough in this, it was like... 
I was a new man. Like I've been a Christian my whole life, a follower of Jesus. But when I've discovered true and authentic forgiveness in my life, I'm a new man, comfortable in my own skin. I get to walk in the freedom and the joy of the Holy Spirit. And I just love the fact that today you have an opportunity to have this for your life. But I know that many of us uh, can express our trauma and our hurt through our lives, through Maybe it's overeating or overdrinking or gambling or maybe it's sabotaging a great relationship or sabotaging a marriage or maybe it's pornography or gambling or maybe it's never being able to, to, to stay in a relationship because you break that relationship apart every time because you're worried the same thing's going to happen to you again. Or maybe you can't stay in a church and you go from church to church to church to church because everywhere you go, everyone's offending me and hurting me. Maybe it's a dad that abused you as you were a kid or a mom that abandoned you or, 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 a, or a sibling or a a friend that rejected you or maybe it was a church that judged you or it was a pastor that spiritually abused you. Whatever the situation might be in your life, we have to understand that the trauma that you experience impacts your soul. It impacts who you are. It impacts your life. It, it, it's how we frame how we live our lives and the relationships that we engage in and the jobs that we choose to take and the, the, the level of engagement in the, in the community of God that we decide to make or the life choices that we have. Our entire world is framed by this pain and this trauma that we experience in our soul. And it all comes from being impacted in our heart. The soul and the body and the mind that we experience all comes from something happening deep in our heart when we experience trauma, pain, or misuse, or hurt, or abuse, whatever it might be. You and I experience these things in our life because people hurt us. Or maybe you're here today and your issue isn't with human, your issue is with God. Maybe you look at your life right now and you say, man, I thought my life was going to be somewhere else. I thought I was going to have a better marriage. I thought I was going to have more money. I thought my life would look better. I thought I wouldn't deal with the sickness. I thought this and I thought that. And your issue isn't with a human. Your issue is with disappointment with God. I'm, the story of Job talks about Job losing everything that he had. He, he lost his entire job. He lost all of his children, lost his health. And his wife finally said to him, would you just curse God? He's abandoned you. God is completely out of you. Just curse him. Job, stop trusting in God. Just curse him. Maybe you're here today and you're like Job's wife and you look at your life and you say, God, I just don't understand. I, I believe in you and I know who you are and I've read your Bible and I go to church, but something in my heart, I feel a deep disappointment in you and your way and your will. And I just don't feel like life has turned out like I wanted it to turn out. But I want you to know that those types of things will keep you from experiencing the abundant life God has for you. I want to know you today. I'm just going to I'm here to, I'm just going to give you the word today, okay? I'm just going to say it like the word says it today because I am here today on your behalf. And I mean this with all sincerity. I want to see you experience freedom in your life because I've experienced it. I want you to experience it. So I'm just going to share with you today like the word teaches it. I'm not going to pull any punches is kind of what I'm saying today. I'm going to lay it out for you so that you can understand the realities of the depth uh, of, of, of the, the implications of carrying these types of burdens in our lives when we weren't supposed to carry this burden at all. Right. And forgiveness in our life and resentment in our life truly defines us. If left to God... He will develop a purpose from it. If left to us, we'll develop destruction. God's plan for our life and God's purpose for our life is to use our past for his purposes, but we often use our, our life and it causes is a destructive force in our lives. And because we struggle, struggle to move forward past the hill of forgiveness, we begin 
to become unaware of the favor and the blessings of God. We are no longer able to see God's grace. And we begin to wonder, God, why aren't you speaking to me like you used to? Why, when I read my Bible, it's just dry? Why, when I go into a worship service, when we're saying, I'm going to make room for you and I'm trying to worship, I don't feel a darn thing. Why am I dry? Why am I broken? What if I just disconnected from you? You say, God, why? It's because if we allow unforgiveness and resentment to be harboring in our life, what happens is, is there's a disconnection between us and God and God's grace is always there. His goodness is always there. His faithfulness is always there but we begin to have the inability to see it. We stop seeing the goodness and the grace of God in our lives because our heart is no longer fully surrendered to Christ. Our heart is now surrendered to this unforgiveness. Our hearts have to be reserved for Christ and Christ alone. This is truly a matter of the heart and you and I can choose today to forgive by God's grace and be set free today, right now. <laughs> You don't seem super excited about that. Today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, not tomorrow. Not when you feel it. Today. You can experience life transformation today. It's a decision. What's our responsibility? It's a choice. Look at the scripture in Colossians. Our key text today. Paul's writing this verse in Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So that word bear with one another means put up with one another. If you've got a grievance, a fault, a quarrel, a bone to pick, you've got a, something to a blame on someone or a complaint with someone, it says, if you've got that grievance, you need to forgive as the Lord forgave you. It doesn't say forgive because they sought reconciliation and forgiveness. It doesn't say forgive because you want to. It doesn't say forgive because you feel it. It doesn't say forgive because you're right and they're wrong. It doesn't say forgive because things finally came into alignment. It says forgive because you have received the grace and the mercy and the redemption and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Now, Paul, this verse here is actually, uh, Paul's actually retelling the, the core value, the core uh, uh, thought behind it, a parable that Jesus shared in Matthew chapter 18. He's basically making it easy and breaking it down into two sentences when Jesus decided to tell a story. In Matthew chapter 18, we'll read this together. It says this in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with the servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, <clears throat> one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. The man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave his million dollar debt. But when the men left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owned him, owed him a few thousand dollars 
I want you to know here that this man, that, that phrase went to a fellow servant. That Greek phrase actually means that he searched this man out. And he left the presence of the king, experiencing the forgiveness of God, but he left out of that place looking for the man who he had a debt with. And this servant isn't someone who worked for him. It wasn't someone who was below him. It wasn't someone that he had authority over. They were peers. They were co-workers. They were the same people. There was nothing. There wasn't like a king to a master or a king to a servant. This was just people. And it says he walked out. To find a man who owned him a few thousand dollars, 15 days wages, about $10,000. And he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. And his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. But be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king called to the man and he said that he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. And Jesus switches over and says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. Now that's a heavy statement. Jesus said this to help us understand the kingdom of God and how forgiveness has such incredible implications in our lives. He says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers or sisters from your heart. He says, this is a heart issue. This isn't just the mental ability to say, yeah, I forgive, whatever, I'm over it, I'm gonna move on. But then you get around somebody else and start talking. And every time we talk, it just starts to come out of our mouth. We start talking about how angry we are and how frustrated we are. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they did this. And it's just in the depths of our heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And our heart has been ravaged by the roots of unforgiveness. And so wherever we go, this heart is being taken captive by this. The, our throne of our heart's been taken captive by unforgiveness and is no longer surrendered to King Jesus. This is what the scripture says. If we refuse to forgive, this is what will happen to us. The story says, as you already saw, the, the, this man owed about a million dollars, was forgiven a massive debt. And he walked out, and the scripture says he went and found this person, and he only owed him $10,000, but he wouldn't forgive him. And he grabbed him by the throat, and he threw him in jail. Can you, this seems like a pretty ridiculous story. Someone who owed a million dollars, their debt was completely forgiven, but somebody who only owed him $10,000, he wouldn't let it go. That just seems absolutely like a ridiculous story to tell. And the reason it's ridiculous is because Jesus was exaggerating. Theologians believe that when Jesus used this context, that he was just exaggerating the story so that the Jewish people who were listening on that day would say, this is a stupid story. This is ridiculous. Of course he's going to forgive a $10,000 debt if he had just been forgiven a million dollars. And Jesus says, yes, but that's what happens when we experience the forgiveness of God in our life, but go out and don't extend the same forgiveness that we've been given. 
It seems ridiculous when we read it on the paper, but how often do you and I experience the same forgiveness in our lives and hold the, the small debt against others who have injured us or wounded us in our past? We find in this story that this man owned a major debt. Every person in this room owns, owes a major debt to our Creator. Every person in this room went astray. Every person in this room was born into depravity. Yet by the grace and the mercy of our King Jesus, he was sent by his heavenly father to come to the earth to die. And when he died on that cross, he shed the blood of Jesus Christ was shed so that you no longer have to carry your debt. And this man walked out and he held this other man hostage. Now there's a serious implications in this verse. You're telling me, Ryan, that what is this torture? I mean, look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Are you telling me that if I don't forgive my brother or sister who's hurt me or someone in my life, that I'm going to be sent to hell? Does this mean I'm going to be tortured? Does this mean that I'm not going to go to heaven? Does this mean that God won't forgive my sin? Is this really what this scripture means? There's incredible implications of carrying unforgiveness as followers of Jesus Christ that we must know about today because I am not doing you any favors as your pastor to not tell you the truth about what it means to harbor unforgiveness in our lives. The implications are legitimately scary. This torture, this man was given over to the torturer in the verse, it says, he's handed over to the torturer. That word means the tormentor. Do you know that when you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, carry unforgiveness or resentment or bitterness in our heart, that we are opening our lives up to the tormentor? That there is a, now a foothold in our life for the enemy to not only ravage our heart, but our thinking and our emotions and the things we do with our lives? In fact, this is proven in Scripture in Ephesians chapter, four, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 26 to 27. Be angry, so you can feel the emotion of anger, but do not yet, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So don't stay angry. Don't let it percolate and stay in that place. Look at this. And do not give the devil an opportunity. So you're angry, you can feel the emotion of anger. We all feel offense as Christians, as followers of God. We feel offense, but the Bible says don't stay offended because if you stay offended, you are creating an opportunity for the tormentor to torment you. Look at the next verse in Ephesians chapter, or 2 Corinthians 1. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven it in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that... Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. It is no exaggeration to say that most of the ground that Satan has in the follower of Jesus' life is unforgiveness. And what happens in this story is that we begin to allow this unforgiveness in our life, and it leads to this, poise, this, this, this torment. Ryan, what is the torment? What is the torment that I experience? Well, it's the word bitterness. Look at this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Work at living in peace with everyone. To try to be in right relationship with people. That phrase actually means don't fight with folks. 
Don't fight with people. Stop fighting with each other. Work as best as you can to live at peace with everyone. Work at living a holy life. Live a life that pleases God. Look at this. So if you work your best to have peace with everyone and you're living a life that wants to please the Lord, then it says you will be holy before God and you will see him. But if you don't do that, it says, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So holiness in this context is you working to be at peace with everyone and living a life that pleases God. And guess what happens? You see the Lord. If I'm not living that way, I don't see God's grace. I'm not aware of it. I'm blind to it. I don't see it. It's foggy in my thinking. I miss out. Look what he says in this next verse. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness or resentment grows up to trouble you, corrupting many, poisoning others around you. Watch out, look out for each other, work hard to live a life of peace, do what honors the Lord, you will see God, you will receive his grace, bitterness will not find its poisonous root in your life, and you will experience life change and the abundant life that God has for you. This poisonous root of bitterness, as we begin to uh, allow this into our lives, this word bitterness actually means a sharpness of taste. Lack of sweetness, harsh, resentment to get twisted, to be turned around and about, to get out of sync, anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. And so this poison begins to set in and, and, and it causes deep trouble in us and it hurts others around us. And we start to justify treating people harshly and we start to feel entitled as though the world owes us or that person owes me. And we start to feel sorry for ourselves and start to feel devalued and like we're not worth very much and we don't have very much value. And we constantly rehearse the pain of the past. Wherever we go, it starts off with a nice conversation, but just somehow, some way, I always end up seething about that person that thing that happened in my life. And then I start isolating myself and distancing myself from the people that I need most in my life, the community of God. Rather, I surround myself by birds of like feather who also are going through something and they start to see them. They start to add the poison and they get together with it. And now I have a group of people around me who all are encouraging this poisonous root of unforgiveness in my life. And then I begin to lose friendship and I'm no longer a part of the community of God or the community of the people that really need to be in my life. And then I start spending time with these people and now I can't see the grace of God in my life anymore and the bitterness distorts my whole perspective on life and everything is terrible and life is awful and nothing is good and I struggle to see God's favor in my life. We've fallen out of grace because we allowed the poison of bitterness to come from unforgiveness in our life because we were unwilling to forgive as Christ forgave us. See, this is one of the greatest reasons marriages fall apart is because when there's resentment and bitterness between one another or in relationships, this, the, the weed of divorce begins to root up because I no longer want to show affection or love for this person that I have unforgiveness towards in your relationship. You either go out and cheat on that person or you stay married, but you resent one another and never actually have a life-giving marriage because you will not allow yourself to forgive this person like Jesus forgave you. See, we look at this and I wonder maybe sometimes if maybe we don't understand what forgiveness means. Maybe we stay in a place where God is not the king of our heart, but unforgiveness is, or we give permission 
for this person to have control of our life when they hurt us 40 years ago or 30 years ago or 10 years ago. We give permission for them to have control of my heart and can have control of my life. God, I love you, but this person's more important to me and I'm gonna hold this against them until everything gets sorted out. And we maybe have a misunderstanding of what forgiveness really is. Unforgiveness is not a conditional contract that I'm going to forgive you if you ask for forgiveness from me. I'll forgive you if. Unforgiveness or forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Just because you forgive doesn't mean that you weren't harmed. Just because you forgive doesn't mean that it was a major, major pain against you. It doesn't minimize the offense that was done against you. But forgiveness is not minimizing that offense. Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. I hate when people say, well, forgive and forget. Listen, how many of you know we never forget? That is a cliche and not biblical. Why? God wants us to remember our past so we can be reminded of our, the great redemption in our future. He wants to take our past and give us a purpose, but he wants our past to be a part of our story so that we can tell other people about how I had a terrible marriage and he beat me and he hurt me and I, I released him from that pain in my life and I gave it to him because I made Jesus the Lord of my life and now I'm in a happy marriage and a great relationship and yeah, I look back on that with pain and yes, I look back on that in difficulty and yes, that hurts sometimes but I released them of that. Why? Because Jesus has my heart. I forgave them as he forgave me and guess what? Now I'm free in Christ. I have abundance in my life. I got joy. I'm a better woman and a better man I've ever been. In fact, I'm a better person now. I can be married to this person better now because of what I went through in my life. We don't, forgiveness is not forgetting what's happened to you. Forgiveness is not retaliation. I'm going to forgive them to show that I'm the bigger man, I'm the bigger woman. I'm going to be the hero of the story. Forgiveness is not trust. That trust has been lost and breached. You don't have to trust them anymore. You don't have to go hang out with them and go play games at their house anymore. You don't have to have Thanksgiving meal with them anymore. They breached your trust. Trust has to be gained once again. But forgiveness doesn't mean you trust them. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Many people say, well, you need to reconcile. No, you don't. Reconciliation is a two-way street. Both parties have to want to reconcile. Forgiveness has nothing to do with that person. Forgiveness has everything to do with you. It's a one-way street. Look what the scripture says in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. Forgiveness has nothing to do with their response. Forgiveness has nothing to do with what they do. Forgiveness has everything to do with you experiencing the freedom that God wants you to experience. Forgiveness has everything to do with you finally not being bound by the person who's hurt you. Do you know that when you hold on forgiveness, you're actually giving this person permission to control your life? Every day you get up, you think about it, you see about it, you consider it, you, you ponder on it, you pray about it. And what are you thinking about? All you're doing is thinking about this person and this unforgiveness. I want you to be free today from that. You are no longer a hostage for the things of your past. You've been set free by the power of Jesus. He has the throne of your heart. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. And forgiveness, we often think, is not fair. You see, it's not fair. It's not fair. They don't deserve it. They hurt me. You're right. They don't deserve it. And neither do you. 
Neither do I. It's not fair. Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness for your life isn't fair. The reward that you've received, the gift of salvation, that you did nothing to deserve it. You did no good thing. It wasn't how you lived and how you acted. And finally, God's like, fine, I'm going to forgive you. No, he just says, even at your worst, even when you were the worst husband and you were the worst wife and you were the farthest you went, even when you were the farthest away from me, guess what? I forgave you. Even though you spoke bad about me, even though you rejected me, even though all these things happened, I forgive you. Why? Because I love you unconditionally. We are have received an unconditional grace and love from our Father. That's the only reason we forgive others. And there's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom that comes. The reason He allows this poison, this tormenting to happen in your life, you say, why would God allow that? Because He loves you. He wants you to come face to face with the realities of what life looks like without God being the center. And when you get there, you recognize, oh, this is terrible. Man, I feel angry. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I don't like how life has turned out. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the relationships that I've been in. I don't like life this way. It's because your Heavenly Father designed you and created you to be in perfect relationship with Him. And all we have to do is make a conscious decision that I'm going to forgive, not because they're right, not because they're wrong, not because they deserve it, not because I finally came to a new peace with the universe. I forgive give you today because Christ Jesus forgave me. And when Jesus died on the cross, I believe this with all my heart, that when Jesus died on the cross, he had you in his mind and me in his mind. And do you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for you and your abusive father. He died for you and the, 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 the woman in your life that, that treated you improperly. He died for you and your siblings. He died for every person. He didn't just die for you. He died for them too, which means the forgiveness that God's given you, He's given them too. We both have received this forgiveness that God's given us. We have no right. It's inappropriate for us to continue to hold on to something that Jesus has already forgiven them of. Our only responsibility is to receive this free gift of grace in our life and know that, yeah, we'll be offended and, yeah, we'll get hurt and, yeah, people are going to say mean things to us and, yeah, things aren't going to be perfect, but guess what? As followers of Jesus, I will not be held hostage any longer in my heart by the wounds of other people. I am set free by the power of Jesus Christ. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a disciple of Jesus. He has my whole heart. So that doesn't bother me emails I get, the things people say, people are treating you improperly. It bothers me for a minute, but guess what? I don't have the right to hold that against you. So guess what? I forgive you. It doesn't make sense to me either. You don't deserve it and neither do I, but it's just the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm going to end on this verse today. And then I'm going to pray for you and believe that some of you here today are going to experience life change. Isaiah 43. Yet it was our and their weakness he carried. It was our and it was their sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our and their rebellion. He was crushed for our and their sin. He was beaten so that we and they could be whole. He was whipped so that we and they could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. 
we have left God's path to follow our own ways. Every one of us, not just us, not just them. All of us have strayed away like sheep. Yet the Lord laid on Jesus the sins of us all. If you're here today and you believe that Jesus Christ has died for your life, then he has given you the power and the grace to forgive once and for would you stand to your feet this morning and close your eyes I want to have you close your eyes because I'm going to have some folks in the room respond and I believe there's going to be hands just like in the first service so many hands across the room come on every eye closed for a moment here this morning come on you're here today and you just say man Ryan I've got unforgiveness in my life I've been stuck you're here today and you just want to Make a declaration of faith today that you're going to believe it's going to change right now in this moment. But you just put your hand in the air and then you can put it back down. I want to see who I'm praying for. There's no eyes looking around. Come on, hands all across the room today. Come on, anybody else today? Just, it's like an act of faith. It's like, okay, God, I respond. Anybody else today? Come on, five or six hands already. Anybody else? Come on, I see them. Okay. All right, Father, I just pray. Father, for every hand lifted, Lord, and every hand that didn't get raised. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would come and you would soften their heart. That you would take off the layers of fear, layers of doubt, the layers of shame, the layers of hurt and offense and unforgiveness and brokenness. Lord, would you remove those layers right now down to the depths of their heart, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would cause there to be an openness to your spirit right now. And by the word of God and by your name, Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ, we declare healing. We declare transformation right now. We declare freedom. We declare the abundant life. Lord, that we are no longer a hostage to these individuals. We are no longer a hostage to our resentment and our unforgiveness, but we are set free by the power of Jesus Christ right now. Holy Spirit, I pray as they go today that there would be a freedom like never before. Lord, that they would even feel like I felt when I forgave. This sense of light, God. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light for their lives today. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that they would receive your forgiveness in their life so that they can give it to those who have sinned against them. We just pray, Holy Spirit, for a supernatural transformation in their hearts and their lives. Come on, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, keep your eyes closed just for one more minute. Come on, anybody in the room today that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? You'd like to start one today. Come on, we've been ha having people give their lives to Christ almost every single week at Love City Church. It's so amazing. You're here today and you say, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I'd like to. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna pull you forward. You just, I want you to wave your hand at me real quick and then put it right down really quickly. Come on, that's you today. Real quick, put your hand in the air and put it back down so I can see anybody here today. Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that the Bible says, Lord, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. So Father, we just declare right now, God, that you are the king of our heart. You're on the throne, Lord. And we dismantle every other thing in our heart and we give it to you. And we love you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca 
We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.